<laughs> Lord Chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, nature of the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. But it's the Italians who will restart. This is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go. Hello and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast, one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. Happy Steve Grill Dewey Happy St David's Day to everyone. On March 1st every year, we celebrate our patron saint, St. David, who died on this day in 589 AD with traditional celebrations and a feast day. This date has been marked in the Cymru calendar since then, with St. David's being officially recognised as our national patron saint in the 12th century following his canonisation by Pope Calixtus II in 1120. A pious man and renowned teacher, he became a symbol, particularly when our neighbours over the border decided that their country was a bit rubbish and wanted ours instead. In a poem written over a thousand years ago, the author prophesizes that the Cymru will unite and join an alliance of fellow Celts to repel the Anglo-Saxons under the banner of St. David. And so, in true tradition, with armfuls of leeks and daffs, my two colleagues are ready to drive out the invaders with tall hats, dancing in clogs and close harmony singing. It's Jamie. And does. I, I thought we weren't going to talk about the leaks. I thought we, you know, us men of a certain age, we were going to stick together and not talk about the leaks. You swine. All right, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I switched off completely when you were rambling. Then. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Does <laughs> happy Steve Gildewi? Ah, uh, indeed, Steve Gildewi. Happy, very good. Yes. How are you? How will you be celebrating today? Eating cowl and wondering why, when St Patrick's Day and St Andrew's Day are bank holidays, why St David's Day isn't? It's just another way our English overlords keep us in check. Yeah, yeah. I've got the Welsh cakes at the ready, um, and uh, yeah, it, I don't know why that we don't celebrate it more. There are the a parade here and there, but. Uh, uh, you know, it's that usual Welsh thing of like, mind how you go now. Yeah, you just carry on and have a bit, you know, have a nice day. But, you know, don't actually get to properly celebrate it. So we need to change that. Well, to be fair, schools do, don't they? When you're in school, you do. Yeah, well, it's the school I stead for tomorrow. So uh, for many and many a school, um, luckily, my kids are all too old for that now. So there's no more dressing up in silly outfits. So it's all good. Really good. On a football note, good to see Lewis Kumas scoring for Liverpool on his debut yes. in the FA Cup. I mean, great news for Cymru and for him. Yes. Well, I mean, it's been a pretty spectacular week for Liverpool, if I may say so. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the kids, the kids are doing all right. Um, and uh, yeah, but for Lewis, I mean, 18 years of age is 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 senior team debut, and he scores the first goal in a in a three nil win. Uh, um, it, you can't, you know, you can't ask for better than that. Scoring in front of the cop as well. I mean, what a what a thing for an eighteen-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I just, I just hope that you know, with with the, you know, Liverpool have done very well over the years to find good Welsh players. Uh, whether if you think about Ben Woodburn or Harry Wilson or um, Nico, you know, they're all brilliant players and all have been good enough to play for the Liverpool first team. It's just whether or not 
your Mo Salas and your will have a, a stopping our Welsh talent really coming through. So I just hope that uh, as part of this new next generation of kids coming through, um, and whoever takes over from Klopp, of course, um, sees that through and gives uh, gives the boy a chance because um, he's a quality player and 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 has been showing it for a while and 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 there's for, for all to see. I did like the tweet after the FA Cup win by Liverpool where it said there's an investigation as four members of the Liverpool squad are being tested for Calpol. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny. Didn't see that. <laughs> Jamie, now you, am I wrong? You went to St. David's School, didn't you? Uh, yeah, where's this going? Yes, uh, at the time it was called St. David's, yes. No, I'm not going anywhere. It's just the fact that you went to St. David's School. I mean, did you do the same thing in school that I did? I mean, I remember a lot of crepe paper and toilet roll tubes to make leaks. I mean, did, did you ever do anything daft like that? I can't remember school. Um you have to be there first. Christ, I don't, I don't remember making stuff like that uh, at, at all. I just remember getting beaten in the toilet. <laughs> what a lovely school that was. Um, now, we were at the Wrexham Legends lunch on Sunday at the Mysquin, and what a brilliant afternoon it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mega. It was mega. It was... Um... It was great to see and hear, you know, lots of, uh, you know, lots of, of uh, Wrexham legends, as, as the title suggests. Um, good bit of food, a bit too much drink. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good afternoon. Yeah, it was a good afternoon. I love the, I love the story that, um, that Gary Bennett said, where he said that before a big FA Cup match, Price Gravis came into the dressing room, which he never did. And he said, listen, boys, if you do well today, we can afford to buy better players. I just thought that was, <laughs> I just thought that was absolutely brilliant and, and, and a, a little bit brutal, but there you go. Um, Daz, it would be remiss of us not to congratulate the Ship Deck Fish and Chip Shop in Thomas near Caerphilly, South Wales, who last night won the best fish and chip shop in the whole of the UK at the National Fish and Chip Awards. Now guess where I'll be going for tea tomorrow. Uh, KFC, McDonald's. I said KFC. He said McDonald's. I mean, you know, it couldn't it couldn't be any more predictable, mate. No, <laughs> exactly. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A South Wales fish and chip shop has has won the best best fish and chip shop in the whole of the UK. Your your finger is on the pulse for these things, unlike mine. But then I I think we need to keep our fingers on the pulse if we're going to keep going to these chip shops. That's that's um, it gonna we have to keep an eye on those. That. Don't, yeah. don't pretend you've never been there before. You go to their Christmas party, you go there that often. I got shares, mate, don't worry. Oh, not you. I meant Fatty over there. <laughs> I know, that's why I've got shares. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> anyway, this week's Andy Watch. Andy Taylor Edwards into his fourth week of 53 consecutive five-mile walks in aid of the Rex and Miners Rescue Project, walking a total of 266 miles, one mile for every victim of the disaster. Jamie, his vlogs are really bringing the story to life, aren't they? Yeah, amazing. Like we've said the last couple of weeks, you know, hats off to him for, for doing it in the first place. I mean, Christ, his feet must be it must be killing. But um, <clears throat> the effort he's gone to with his with his research and, and, and the information that he's sharing, you know, really... Um, as well as obviously raising money for an incredible cause, it's really um, kind of pay- paying like a huge, huge amount of respect to the, to the victims of that tragedy. So yeah, absolutely hats off to him. And before you ask, no, I still haven't been on a walk with him yet, yet, but I still will do. Don't we'll worry. hold you to it, mate. Either that will drag you around on your own. It's up to you. Um, I mean, the thing is, we know we've known about the disaster, obviously, you know, through being being you know from Wrexham, but. The the level of detail you never really got an idea of how harrowing it was for those families until you know Andy has actually brought it up and and painted it in all of its dark detail. Well, yeah, like like I say, you know, it's it, it's it's one of those um, you know it's one of those tragedies that, like you say, is locally is is, is obviously 
well known and and you know i think most people have got a good understanding of, of what went on but but like you say that the, the level of research and, and um, context that he's gone into and put into it is is, is, is fascinating you know even for something that that's something that obviously I, I was aware of you know listening to his little vlogs every day and there's things in every one of them that you pick up and you and you like you say it's it is harrowing but it's so interesting so uh, yeah he's doing a fantastic job and if you'd like to donate to this worthy cause visit all gone sonic iconic on twitter or x it's now known and click on the link now andy has already raised 1500 pounds but i think now with week four it's time to really spread the word and push on hard share his posts and donate if you can A hopeful away day started the weekend as Wrexham visited Kent to take on Gillingham at the Priestfield Stadium. Phil Parkinson made four changes to the side that drew with MK Dons earlier in the week. A Conquin goal, Cloweth and O'Connell maintained their place in the back three, with Jordan Tunnicliffe coming in for the suspended Will Boyle. Barnett on the right wing instead of Bolton. Mendy maintained his left wing position, leaving McLean in midfield with Cannon and Lee brought back to the centre instead of Luke Young. Fletcher was brought up front instead of Dolby alongside Marriott. Gillingham haven't scored many goals this season, but this covers up their tight play when on the ball. Although Wrexham played some tidy football, Gillingham were more than a match, causing many problems for the front players to have chances on goal. Wrexham played well at times with periods of smart play defeat, only for it all to break down in the final third. This meant that Wrexham had only three shots on target all game. Any decent opportunities Wrexham had in the first half came from counter-attacks. Marriott on the edge of the Wrexham box, slipped a pass to McLean who sprinted upfield and made a diagonal pass to Barnett. Coming inside, he slid a very poor pass to McLean at the far post at full stretch who skied it from five yards out. Marriott was unmarked in a better position and if he could have squared the ball, Marriott had a good chance to score and maybe should have. Mendy had a cross come shot that forced a stretching save from Morrison goal. Wrexham would often put a nice passage of play together, only for the final phase to be too slow, allowing the Gillingham defence to set itself up. When Wrexham were given a free kick on the edge of the box, McLean hit it straight into the wall, and the resulting follow-up was badly executed. Gillingham, on their part, made very few threats on the Wrexham goal, and when they did, they were easily dealt with. The second half was very similar to the first, although Gillingham tightened up giving Wrexham less room to play into and reduced service to the forwards. They were also starting to pressure Wrexham's defence more, and on 54 minutes, these tactics paid off. Clareth was judged to bring down Hawkins 20 yards out for a Gillingham free kick. Clark looped the ball to the far post to an unmarked Masterson. He squared the ball across the box for Dieng to tap in the ball. Gillingham won, Wrexham nil. Wrexham, for their part, was starting to really pressure the Gill's defence. 69 minutes and Marriott makes way for Mullin up front. 73 minutes and Lee with a slinging shot palmed out by Morris for Fletcher to try an acrobatic kick stopped at point-blank range by Morris. The bounce looked as if it was spinning in but Morris slapped the ball away to stop the goal. 78 minutes, a quadruple substitution. Bolton, Young, Davis and Dolby all come on for Barnett, Tunnicliffe, Mendy and Fletcher. That pushes McLean to left-back Bolton to right-back, Clareworth and O'Connell as centre-backs, Young, Cannon and Davis in the middle, Lee, Dolby and Mullin up front. With half the side now exchanged, Wrexham huffed and puffed, but created very little in the way of meaningful chances. If anything, at times, they were trying too hard rather than play the simple ball. Jamie, we said this would be tough, a lot of effort, nothing to show for it. What was your assessment of this game? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's um... It's just the latest, isn't it, in a line of what has been quite a difficult run. Um, you know, like like you just said, we 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 knew and we said it would be tough and it would be difficult. 
Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think it, it, it's clear to see, isn't it? You know, we 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 we're definitely going through a, a you know a bad patch at the minute. Um, although there have been a couple of little um, a couple of little uh, positives throughout the last couple of months. You know, Notts County things like that. But generally, we are on a bit of a you know, we're having a bit of a tough time. I think it's, it's safe to say. Um, I mean, that you know, the game itself was was. Um, I think, like you said, we we started the game, you know, quite well, um, which you know has been something that in 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 some games recently we we've seen a bit more of. Whereas, you know, early part of the season, it's it's not something that traditionally we've done. Is you know, we normally start the game slow and then come to life later on. But we we have started a few games quite good, um, and and I thought we started. Um, you know, started the game against Gillingham quite well. You know, we we controlled the ball quite certainly in the first fifteen twenty minutes. We controlled the ball quite well, we passed it around brilliantly at times. You know, it's nice. To, it's been nice to see just get the ball down and move it around a bit, a little bit. Starting you know right at the back from O'Connell, yeah, I think he makes a massive difference to um, you know to the kind of mentality of the way we play by getting the ball down and playing it out from the back. Um, you know, but all, all three, all three of the three of the back three to be fair tried to try to do that um which which is great but you know you you summed it up you in your in your in your in your intro there um you know huff, huffing and puffing is a good way of, of putting it you know we had i think we had 53 percent possession in that first half but um you know not a single shot on 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 target you know in the first half um and something that ran through the course of the whole game first half and second half was was the, that poor decision making in the final third, you know, it's something that has been evident now for 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 quite a few games. I mean, one, the lack of creativity in the final third is one thing, but when we are getting the odd chance in the last, you know, in the final third, we, we're making poor decisions. You know, there were there were times during that game where, um, you know, Barnett, McLean, Jordan Davis, all guilty of it. Different times during the game, you, you, you know, in key areas, but shooting when they should pass and passing when they should shoot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, that you know, the, the the first half kind of came and went without any any real, um, you know, real intent. In, you know, intent. We played some pretty stuff at times, but you know, struggled to to test their keeper. Um, and then, like again, like you said, the second half was similar, <clears throat> although I think Gillingham made a bit of a change to their formation and they they. They narrowed their formation up, packing out that centre of that midfield, uh, which made it made it harder for us to pass the ball around. Um, and then, you know, they went and got the goal, and it was a soft goal. Um, I have to be honest, and, and you know, it's easy for me to say this now. I think it was, I, I think it was a poor decision by the referee. I didn't think it was, um, or it looked a very, very soft free kick in the first place um, that that he gave um, at the on the edge of the box there, but. It's a it's a it's a poor goal to concede, and I think you know the the players would be the first to to say that you know it was just a simple sort of dink to the back back post, and then I don't know if that was a shot or a cross to be honest with you, um, as he as he put it back across the goal, but either way it wasn't great defending. It has to start with Masterson. Masterson was completely unmarked on that back stick. You know there was nobody anywhere near him. Exactly, yeah, exactly that. I mean, like, like I say, the, the the note I made was 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 poor defending and 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 poor poor you know questionable goalkeeping I think like you say he was completely unmarked and whether I say whether it was a shot or a cross I don't, I don't I'm not I'm not 100% convinced to, to, to be honest with you but either way you know he basically passed it into the goal um, to, to be given somebody this, that kind of space you know in the six yard box is criminal um, but you know they they 
they took the chance. You know, they had a chance and took took the chance. But you know, again, after after that, then it's just become, um, you know, it's just become the, the you know the same the same story there, where we're we're you know we're huffing and puffing. That's a that's a great little way of sum, summing it up. You know, we weren't really creating loads of chances exactly like you said. You know, three shots on target in a whole game is 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 poor by you know is poor a poor return for for anybody. Um, and it, but it's something that's become a bit of a consistent pattern in recent weeks. You know, we're, we're struggling to create chances. I mean, particularly as he, you know, he, he stacked with four four substitutes. All right, it was with only twelve minutes to go, which many people have said was a little bit late. But you stack you stack with four changes. You you push up. You go to that diamond. So you push up front, and yet for the whole game, still only three shots on target. I mean, something is not quite right there, is it? I'm beginning to think you've got a little camera looking at me, you know, because you're, you're, you're. I'm you're, always you're, watching. You're, you're saying all these things, and I've got them written down as my notes. But, but maybe, hang on a second, but maybe because they're, they're obvious. That's why. Yeah, it's so predictable. I mean, yeah. I was, I, you know, you haven't mentioned, you know, the fact that was it was it Marriott that lost his man at the back, you know, to give away the goal. I mean, you know, you need to just be a little bit more thorough, Jamie. I just think, you know. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I know, yeah. It's... Well, well, we're we're falling out here like Parky and parking. We have to be careful. No, you know? <laughs> um, no. To to be fair, the the um, the subs. I'll, I'll just I'll mention in a second. Obviously, we we did have that one big chance in the seventy seventy second minute, which was the um, the Fletcher little overhead kick. It was I think it was a lee shot to start with, which was parried by the keeper, and then a bit of improvisation from Fletcher. Um, and obviously the keeper got something on it, but it still went behind him. And then he he, he clambered back and, and knocked it off the line. And unlike the one against MK Dons, it definitely wasn't over the line. But um, you know that was as, that was as close as we got to scoring. But yes, you, you know you, you're right. Then with the the substitutions, um, I, I I agree. You know you said there some people saying that that they came too late. I I agree 100. percent And I've it's not the first time we've said it. Um, you know the whole. The whole debate about Parky's stubbornness with his formation and 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 everything else is 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 there for all to to to, to debate at the minute. But you know, part part of that and what goes hand in hand with it is is that I, f- I feel a lot of the time he does wait too long to make to to make changes to try and impact it. Um, but like you say, when he did bring the uh, well, obviously he brought Mullin on first, didn't he? On on um, I think it was like sixty six minutes or something like that. But then he made the four big changes with like you say with twelve minutes to go, and and then. It's at that point, the, the you know the, the shape changes slightly, and and we we try something, but it just doesn't feel like we 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 we're prepared to go to a plan B or pl- try a different option sooner, you know. Um, but yeah, you know that at the end of the day, the the, the game fizzled away from us, um, and uh, you know it, it ended again with with a with a poor another quite poor, um, well obviously a very poor away result, not a particularly great performance there were signs you know particularly in that first half signs of of, of, of a bit, you know something a bit better um but either way you know it, it was an, another another defeat um and not not a great day i'm afraid well daz wrexham's away form hits the rocks again now that makes the season 18 away games but only 21 points i mean regarding the gillingham match do you think wrexham lost this game or gillingham won it with better play and tactics uh, I didn't see the whole game. I've just seen the sort of the uh, highlights reel. But you know, I, it it seemed to have quite a lot of Wrexham activity in terms of you know it's very hard to get from an, uh, a highlights reel of of who got the better balance of play. But there seemed to be more footage of Wrexham attacks than there were of Jill's attacks. So 
um, it, it would elude that there was potentially a good lots of positive play. Uh, I hear your, your, your stat there about three shots on target, but then when you've got the likes of um, who's your, who's your right back? Uh, Barnett was bombing down and he had a couple of wayward shots and stuff. So they're not on target, but they were still shots because that two on one that McLean and him uh, had, that should have been a better shot on goal and would have at least added to the stats. So maybe the stats aren't entirely reflective of how, be- how much better maybe Wrexham were, but equally they weren't finishing that, you know, the, 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 the um, the opportunities they've had, like that Elliot Lee Stinger and the Fletcher overhead. I mean, that was he was just too close to the keeper, wasn't he? So any anywhere else, maybe it could have gone in. I did like them. The the bit of footage I saw about Jordan Davis back on the pitch. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of his anyway. But that little run through, um, and he pulled it back. And of course, it was behind. Well, um, what's his name? Uh, Dolby, isn't it? Um, that that missed it, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was just behind him. Not Dolby missed it, but uh, but it was behind him. So it was a bit unfortunate. So I do think Wrexham have shown signs that they were in it. They, it. It was competitive, and I appreciate it's away from home. So they weren't necessarily expected to win. It was supposed to be a close game, and one nil. It does sound close to me, but I, it's it's hard. It's hard. And but, but when you get into a run of these games now, where you're beginning to feel that there's a pattern and then that there's the, the momentum is going against you that you know you are losing your away games and stuff that's gonna start to sort of play on your mind you would think so Parky's got to do something to sort of shake them out now whether or not that's a shake up in the team give some of the um, the bench a bit more time on the pitch to begin with and bring on I don't know it, it just feels that it's quite formulaic and you guys quite often say about the formation and everything it has a structure and 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 if that's Parky's way and he's stubborn enough, then okay. But maybe it just needs something different. But I don't know. It it it, it sounded negative when you were reading about it. But I think that's because your, your your disappointment's coming through, and I totally hear that. And 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 why shouldn't you be? But I don't know. It just the footage suggests that they they were competitive, and there's a lot of promise. I mean, a question for both of you: Do you think that do you think Wrexham are just trying too hard? Because at times I got that feeling that they that instead of just being, you know, playing, be relaxing into it. They're, if, if anything, they're over-trying because they're so, they seem so kind of on edge about winning and getting that goal. I mean, was I the only one who felt that? I, I, don't, I don't know, trying too hard. I don't really know how to sort of um, context that really. I mean, there's, I've certainly got no, I've certainly got no question mark over their their effort. You know, I'm not questioning their, 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 their levels of effort or anything like that. Um you know, tr- trying too hard. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not. I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I'm not necessarily sure. I, I kind of agree with that. I think, I think the the, the bigger problem at the moment is the fact that, um, you know, we we are we're stuck. We're stuck with 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 this with this you know formation. Um, you know, the, like Daz has just said there. You know, and we've all discussed a million times. You know, Parky is very set on his formation. He's very regimented with how he plays how he sets his team up and i think you know we've we've just become too predictable we've come we've we've become too predictable um and i think you know we haven't the bottom line is we haven't been playing well and i, I get and i get what daz is saying and he's he's right you know i think his point you know his point from what you see on the highlights and and you know what what you see maybe if you look at the stats you look at total shots and things like that and the amount of possession you know Yes, we weren't. We were in the game, obviously, and and there were there were positive bits of the game. But the the bottom line is, we haven't been playing particularly well since probably since Christmas. And I think 
you know this 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 issue with the with the formation now and the fact that we don't have this 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 plan b this other option teams have worked us out now and i think in the past we were getting away with it because of a moment of brilliance from lee or mullen but now those two in particular you know our star men those two are, are, are having a tough time and struggling for form you know we're not being pulled out the crap anymore by moments of brilliance and and this is where and for some time it's, it's you know it's Yes, there's been some some uh, way over the top and excessive things said about you know Parky and formations and everything else, but everybody is saying the same thing, which is that you know we we are we are one dimensional and predictable now, and I think um, you know I think that you've got to look at um, you know you've got to look at well what do we do to change it? How can we change it? What can we do? And, and this you know this is this is where I think we need to be focusing on going going forward. Um, you know, but going back to your question, trying too hard. I'm not. I'm, I I kind of like I say I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure I can necessarily agree. They're trying too hard. I think it's just something. You know, it's not right at the minute. Well, Tuesday was a big night for Cymru women as they took on the Republic of Ireland women in a friendly in Dublin. Interim manager John Gray made only one change from the fantastic draw versus Germany in December. Olivia Clark in goal, a back three of Gemma Evans, Hayley Ladd and Josie Green. Rhiannon Roberts, right wing back, Lily Woodham, left wing back. A midfield of Rachel Rowe, Captain Sophie Ingle, Angara James and Jess Fishlock. Elise Hughes up front. The Republic were expected to be a tough opposition, having held Italy to a nil-nil draw and only conceded twice in their last eight games. But Cymru started at fast pace with controlled passing and an aggressive attacking manner, really taking the home team by surprise. It only took seven minutes for Cymru to take the lead. First corner of the game was swung in, the Republic didn't clear the threat and the ball bobbled around the box. Eventually it came to Ladd, who squared the ball to the six-yard area for Fishlock to score her 35th international goal. The Republic of Ireland women nil, Cymru women won. Cymru looked calm on the ball and well-drilled against the side that was favourite. Elise Hughes was a constant threat and on nine minutes she headed just over from a corner, almost increasing the lead. The Republic had very few opportunities as the Cymru defence stood firm and even when they did, Cymru were up to the task. 16 minutes and an incredible double point blank save by Clark in goal from a corner kept the home team out. Eventually, the Cymru pressure paid off on 22 minutes. Across from Roberts, Hughes flicked the ball on from the edge of the area for Woodham to hit the ball with the outside of her foot into the top corner of the goal. Republic of Ireland women nil, Cymru women two. Second half and the Republic upped their game as their manager made a raft of changes at half-time. Cymru for their part continued to threaten, with Hughes coming close to make it three. 64 minutes and Charlie Escort came on for Rhiannon Roberts, Ella Powell came on for Lily Woodham and Kerry Holland came on for Angela James. 72 minutes and Carrie Jones came on for Rachel Rowe. Cymru had to stay sharp and the backline were tested a number of times. 73 minutes and Josie Green had to make an important last-ditch tackle on Caruza to stop the host getting back into the game. 82 minutes and Katie Barton came on for Elise Hughes and Lois Joel came on for her senior debut in place of Jess Fishlock. Cymru's defence were rock solid, limiting the Republic to very little in the way of chances. The Republic nearly did get a consolation goal on 92 minutes from a corner, but the ball was headed well over the bar. Cymru hung on for the clean sheet, their first win in 10 months, and the first win over the Republic of Ireland in over 10 years. A brilliant performance in front of their newly appointed manager, Rianne Wilkinson, that will make people sit up and notice. 
Daz, this was a brilliant performance from Cymru and a real shot in the arm. What did you make of this game? Yeah, great game. Absolutely great game. I think uh, we all, many of us, had put uh, and an assumed that um, the run of uh, results that we've been struggling with recently um, and the run of results that Ireland had had um, would would you know would show a little bit more than it did actually you you saw these two teams turn up and you would be forgiven to think that um Cymru was the home team they were really up for it um what i liked about it was that yeah there was a fir- the first few minutes um ireland sort of played the game and settled in but you saw very quickly how Cymru had been set up and the counter press that they were doing was just brilliant. I was. It was. It's such a, a great thing to watch when something like that works and works well. We've been talking about this, haven't we, for for all year in the other matches, where we were saying we know they're capable of doing this kind of play. Why aren't they doing it? And what we saw, I think, was what we were expecting earlier last year. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think so too. And 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 to be fair, um, there was some. You know, there was new additions to the team, or, or you know, there was. It's. Not, I wouldn't say it was our starting eleven, um, and yet the the team that stepped in were, were were up for it. The 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 old the old guard were in it and were really well, sort of like gen, you know, generals, um, you know, Fishlock and Ingle that were there, just completely dictating things. Because um, I always think like, you know, Ingle sometimes has an off game for me. She sits in the middle and she, but actually she just commanded. She stepped in. She stepped back. She was just supporting the other midfield. But I just thought the press that you were getting from the likes of Angara James was just ferocious. It was absolutely ferocious, and and um, and it, yeah, it was just great to see. And I and I just don't think they gave um, Ireland any time on the ball to really get into any kind of rhythm. Uh, admittedly, getting a nice early goal helps, um, and and it was a great. But it was all it, it all came from that press. It all came from putting pressure and then uh, you know playing it in. Uh, and there was lots of bodies in the box, but they were all alert. They were all up for it. They were, weren't giving Ireland any time on the ball, and so um, you know. Yes, it's Fishlock who knocks it in, but there was a couple of options there and any one of them could have got it. I just think it was just brilliant. So that that's changes things then. Once you've got that goal, you've got um, something to defend and you've got something to protect, but actually they didn't stop there. And that's what I liked about it as well. They, it, was, it was continuous. And, and to be honest, all the way through the game, I don't think they let off uh, the substitutions that came on as well. They added to that press as well. But um, no, it was really, really good. And, you know, particular mentioned, you know, in terms of, I know it was like five at the back and but the wing backs were just bombing on all the time i mean lily woodham you know was just up and down that wing like relentless and and deserved her goal you know great finish outside of the boots of, oh cut what, across what it oh stunning stunning goal cut across it really cleanly um and there was no chance no chance for the keeper so again you know the when things are working and and and, and clicking like you say is it's it we have the players to do it. Um, and then it was just, it, you know, it's about letting the the team sort of demonstrate that, show that. Um, but equally, I, I love the fact that when the, when the substitutions were made, it, it wasn't about changing the tactics and then maybe trying to defend. It was, you know, the, the likes of Kerry Holland was, 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 was in, in on it, trying to do the same thing. You know, there, there was, uh, it, it just was a brilliant tactic. Really pressured the game, hurried the, um, the and they were knack. I mean, they were absolutely knackered. They were just, um, and they. I don't think they 
can believe that the, that what had just happened. It was one of those games. Um, and I also think, you know, one thing that have, we have to recognise is Olivia Clark in goal. You know, uh, we've we've been we've been talking for you know months about the fact that our uh, weakness in, is has been uh, crosses coming in, being out jumped every time, and rel- you know reasonably soft goals going in, um, uncontested headers, things like that. Actually, Olivia Clark in goal just took that out of the equation. Just commanded, was punching, was was catching, was just um, phenomenal. But then there's also the stops. You know, there was a you know there was one where it looked like she did a double save. I think there was a um, one of the attack the Irish attackers was in the way and ended up stopping the ball. But that meant she uh, Olivia Clark was on the floor, so she'd gone for the ball. It'd been blocked, but the way she got back up again and made the second save or the second you know the 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 save to to stop uh, the Republic scoring. I mean, it was just phenomenal. So I just think she deserves real credit for you know really staking you know the uh, uh, the claim to this is my my this is my box this is where i i rule i'm in charge here and uh, and and the defense were you know really really helped her out i think um the likes of um, Josie Green sort of stepping it back a bit and helping out, which just meant that the likes of Evans and um, and and Lad and stuff like that were just they were able to um, you know just really just be a solid line of defense. But when they needed the numbers, they had the extra numbers. But when when they needed to push on in an attack, there was there was options on, on each wing and didn't leave us exposed. And I just think whenever there was a counter attack. We snuffed them out. I think we were just really good at everything. The tackling was great. Um, the positional play was great. The press, which you know, uh, I know, as you know, I'm a Liverpool fan, and that's the game. I love it. I just love that attacking, aggressive. And okay, you might get a ball over the top. You might run through with a bit of pace, but actually, not this time. They were matched. The defence were up for it. They were playing the line really well. I just think it was a, you know, a really, really. Um, complete performance um across the whole team i don't i couldn't name you a, a, a you know row oh my god you know just uh, the, um uh, rachel rachel Rowe. um she was you know up and down the wing and stuff it's just like you, you i don't think there was a weakness in the team i thought they were they were excellent genuinely they were excellent absolutely and you know great to see as well you know lois joel coming on for a senior debut i mean it's great as well that he that he, he decided to blood some new players as well even even you know with the fact that it, oh it's a friendly and you often blood players as you rightly said, you know, he, when you're 2-0 up, you, you you might be thinking, oh, you've been good to hang on for the win here. But he bloody plays up and, and Lois Joel coming on, she did really, really well. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and OK, it, it was a very successful, very complete performance. But you're right. It, it was still the friendly that it intended it to be so that let's have a look at the fringe players. Let's have a look at um, the debutantes. Um, there was a good amount of change in that team in in terms of uh, substitutions and it, but I, I just said, like I say, I, I, what I liked about that particular, those particular changes was that it was incredibly positive um, and they didn't, they weren't changes for the sake of protecting a two nil. I mean, why, why do you need to protect a two nil uh, scoreline in a friendly, you know, this was not the, the priorities were let's show what we can do. Let's, let's have a look at all these players. And, and I think that was, that was brilliant. Jamie, 35 goals for Jess Fishlock. I mean, incredible, you know, incredible stats and figures there plus a clean sheet. I mean, we all predicted Republic would have too much for Cymru, but Cymru absolutely, as Daz said, was completely in control. I mean, were you surprised that they managed to keep a really good, quiet, a team quiet 
for 95 minutes? Uh, <clears throat> I think, you'd, yes, you'd have to say. I mean, I, I was surprised. I think we probably, if we were being honest, we were probably all surprised. Because like you say, we all predicted a, um Ireland win. Um, I, I, can, I can only kind of echo what, what Dad said. I mean, obviously, I didn't see the whole game because it was on at the same time as Wrexham's game. But I, I watched the highlights and... It was it was incredible. I mean, I I thought some of the some of the the the, the offensive passages of play that, that Wales put together were phenomenal. You know, the 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 speed and the the um the the speed and pace in which they were moving the ball around was was incredible and created some really really good chances. Um, like you say, um, Jess Fishlock getting getting that first goal, you know, right place, right time. You know, she made a career out of out of doing that and she and uh, it was it was a you know a good finish and, and a deserve a deserving league because you know I think we we were you know we were um, we were at them um and then as, as as the game went on we we looked in control yes Ireland did have chances but I think from what I saw on the, on the highlights we certainly had the better of the game but <clears throat> I, I think the two main things I picked out were, were, were one was that second goal I I watched honestly I paused that and replayed it a few times I mean what a strike that was at any level of football um you know that was a phenomenal uh, strike and a hell of a goal and then that double save by Clark was was out of this world um I think it was the I don't know if it was I can't remember now if it was the second or the first one but there was one of the two which was just unbelievable um but yeah a, a, f- a fantastic result definitely a surprise um, and and like you say, gives the new the new coach um, you know a, a real real buzzing foundation to to start her you know her reign. Daz, Nations League draw is on March the fifth, where Cymru will find out who their league B opponents will be. I mean, with this result and the draw versus Germany, let's not forget that because we you know that was a superb result as well. This kind of positive outlook, new manager. I mean, how hopeful are you now that Cymru will do what needs to be done and win their group? I think we've got the squad. We've been saying for a while we've got the squad to make it to a major tournament. And I think that uh, performance this week and the one against Germany, quite rightly, shows that we've got two parts of the game. We've got an aggressive attacking version of the game. We've got a defensive uh, version of the game as well. Um, So I I think that shows the depth and the the range that we've got and i don't think we were a million miles away before under uh Gemma granger i think had she stayed we should we were moving in the right direction maybe there was a couple of decisions that we would you know all armchair managers do might disagree with whether or not you don't put the pace on up front um i mean i didn't even talk about elise hughes i mean the fact that you know um you know i mean talk about having our own version of you know uh, of your number nine up front, uh, Kiefer style, being able to hold off the defenders, taking the ball to your feet, and then playing the wingers or the you know the the oncoming midfielders into 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 the game. I thought she'd be brilliant. Um, but she's a player in form, and we've been saying for ages, why hasn't she been getting a chance to start? And I appreciate that there's divisions apart and there's t- but if you've got a, t- a player who's got confidence and you know I think she's what 14 goals for the season or something. It's it's uh, uh, it it's it it just showed that John Gray was was doing the right thing, putting the players in on merit, and but still had a really strong balance. And I just think that again reinforces the the strength in the team we've got. Uh, I am optimistic about the new appointment. The fact that I know that her style um, could complement 
this type of team again in the future. I think that's really what's quite exciting is that I don't see her needing to rebuild anything. I don't see there needing to be many changes. And so this particular squad with those capabilities and, and uh, having demonstrated it, they know they can do it. We now know they can do it. And I think we just will need to get behind them and make sure that with the right leadership, um, then, then qualifications got to be on the cards. Well, the constant grind of two matches a week continued as Wrexham travelled to Gloucestershire for the rearranged league game versus Forest Green Rovers. Phil Parkinson made three changes from the loss to Gillingham, with Hayden, Young and Mullen replacing Tunnicliffe, Mendy and Marriott. McLean moved from the centre back to the left wing. Wrexham meant to start well, and fans were expecting a reaction from the loss at the weekend. What they didn't expect is Wrexham to be behind after only three minutes. A mistake by Young in midfield gave Osadebi the chance to interpass with Doidge. He beat O'Connell in defence, who slipped up and missed his chance to get the ball, and Odebi hit a curling shock that lifted past Oconquo in goal. Forest Green Rovers won, Wrexham nil. Wrexham then spent most of the game with the ball as Forest Green sat behind it and stopped Wrexham getting any clear chances on goal. Seven minutes and Young's shot was well wide, showing Wrexham was strong in possession but lacked that finishing touch. Forest Green on their part were effective at the break, often from Wrexham mistakes, unfortunately. 15 minutes and McAllister got onto a loose ball and ran at the Wrexham defence. He whipped in a cross for Doidge to get on the end of, forcing Oconquo into an important save. 17 minutes and following patient play from Wrexham, the final shot from McLean was blocked by a defender. 20 minutes and a Forest Green throw led to McAllister having a shot on goal that went just wide. 25 minutes and Lee hit a long-range shot that went over the bar. 35 minutes and McLean found Barnett at the back post unmarked, but his shot was scuffed and had no real threat. He also had a shot on 39 minutes, but the soft shot was easily saved. Wrexham often had long spells with the ball, but they just couldn't finish. Barnett's cross on 43 minutes found Fletcher, who hooked the ball wide of goal. Cannon had a chance in stoppage time, but the shot was blocked. Second half and Wrexham pressed hard for a goal, but often made a wrong or overhit pass. 53 minutes and Lee made a curling shot from outside the box that was almost headed in by Keogh, but the ball was deflected wide. From the young corner, a speculative overhead kick by Fletcher went well wide. 60 minutes and a good passage of play for Wrexham resulted in a low shot from Lee, which was saved by the keeper. This signalled a change in both lineup and formation for Wrexham as Davis came on for Hayden, Wrexham going to four at the back and a diamond midfield. However, McCannany made it 2-0 after Wrexham lost the ball in a dangerous area and his shot went just past the post. Another injury blow on 63 minutes as O'Connell, not long back from being injured, went down and was unable to continue. Tozer came on to replace him. With the fog rolling in, Mullen had a great chance with a 25-yard shot that went just over the bar. 73 minutes and Parkinson made a triple change. Bolton, Marriott and Palmer came on for Barnett, Young and Fletcher. Wrexham now piled on the pressure as Mullen, Marriott, Davis and Palmer all had creditable chances but were unable to convert them to goals. As the game went into stoppage time, it looked like Wrexham would be losing on the road for the second time in a week. That was until a spilled cross by Reyes bounced to Mullen. Robson slid in to get the ball and took out Mullen to which the referee gave a penalty. Mullen calmly placed the ball on the spot and scored. Forest Green Rovers won, Wrexham won. Wrexham threw men forward in the final stages, but could not force a second goal, getting their second draw in a week. Wrexham finished the week fourth, one point behind Crew in third, and three points behind leaders Mansfield, who have a game in hand, and a vastly superior goal difference. Jamie, that was ugly, and not all we hoped for at all. What did you make of this game? 
Ooh, it was painful. Um, it was a painful watch, and it was a bloody painful listen because the uh, the uh, the um, the stream was stuck on the home uh, commentary, and I had to listen to what I can only describe as a cross between Alan Partridge and Josh Widdicombe. BBC Radio Gloucester. Oh my God, he was. They were bloody awful. The pair of them. Um, they they were terrible. Um, but yeah, the the the, the list, it, it was a tough listen, but it was uh, just as tough of a of a watch. Um, like you say, it was a terrible start, wasn't it? I mean, you know, we 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 were all hoping for and and expecting. I think it went and you know, right to expect us to 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 go and and you know put a stamp on this game because the the table doesn't lie at the end of the day. Um, but. You know, we couldn't have started any worse. You know, three minutes in to, to concede that goal. Um, you know, poor by Young in the in, in the middle of the field, giving the ball away. Um, but the you know the power in which um, the 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 Osadabi, I think it was, wasn't it, ran through. I mean, he, he ran past Owen O'Connell like as if he had concrete boots on. Um, you know, and 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 to be fair to him, and yeah, and you have to be. You, know, you have to be. You have to sort of be fair and give 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 a bit of credit to to the strike. It, it was a it was a decent finish. You know, the outside of his foot, he caught caught uh, Conquil. I think caught him out a little bit. You know, I, I think I did see a bit of criticism towards the Conquil, which I found quite surprising because I, I wouldn't really put much of the blame at him. You know, he he, he was. He was just caught a little bit on the hop. I think the guy hit hit it early, um, but it was a, you know it was a good a good finish to to, to curl it in in. Um, but yeah, I mean, Christ, it couldn't couldn't have um, couldn't started any worse. And then from that point on, as you would expect, with with you know once Forest Green got the goal, <clears throat> and particularly given the fact that you know where they are and and but and with what they've done against Tranmere on on Saturday. You know they they just got numbers behind the ball and defended as you know defended from the front as a unit and and to be fair to them did it quite well and we had lots and lots of the ball I mean seventy five I think seventy five percent possession in that first half which is is crazy but to steal your phrase from the last summary against Gillingham it was all huffing and puffing um, you know yes we were creating we we were we were trying to create chances and and we were trying to 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 pet you know press the ball forward but um again just just lacked um lacked that bit of quality again in the final third you know one shot on target in that first half is it's just not it's not enough you know it's not enough it's not enough um of it's not enough of a return when you've had so much of the ball um and then you know the the second half was was very much a continuation of the first half you know we had big 70 plus percent percent possession again but again, just lots of of huffing and puffing, no real, um, you know, no real increase in in the intensity. Um, you know, we made a tactical change earlier in this game, which was good. It was, you know, pleasing to see that we were we were, you know, something different being tried. You know, he took um, took Aaron Hayden off and brought Jordan Davis off, and then moved to that to that diamond, which is you know seems to be his his, his only kind of. Um, alternative. And making for your criticism earlier, at least he did it with thirty minutes to go rather than twelve minutes to go. So he did give, give him a chance. Yeah, like like I said, to be fair, on this occasion, yes, the change was made. You know, it was made at, 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 at you know at a sensible time. Um, but obviously, then the the kind of the you know the the um, the things kind of went up a little bit in in smoke, as it were. A few minutes later, when when O'Connell got injured. I mean, it didn't obviously change anything with regards to to how he then set the team up because it, it was just a like for like swap with with, with Toza. But 
yeah, he got a got a feel for for O'Connor, um, for O'Connell. Sorry, um, you know, you could tell by his reaction from from what we were seeing. He knew it was a, a bad injury, and I think Parky sort of alluded to it. Doesn't look great. Yeah, he had his he had his shirt over his head, didn't he? So you could see obviously he was but bitterly disappointed. He looked the same as he did when he had that last injury because when he had that last injury, that was at home, and I remember watching him. And you could just see by the look of you know his reaction, the look on his face. He he knew it was a quite a bad injury, but I, I I'm really gutted about that because you know I think um, and this is no this is no um, you know not being critical of Toza, but I think he's he was starting to make that position his own, which is I think was was always the intention. He was always I think intended to be the long term replacement for Toza, but. I've really liked how he's played these last few games. You know, I think he the the the, the um, I think I've said it a few times, but the the passing out from the back is is something which we we are better when we do that, and he he is he is very good at it. So it's a huge blow to us to to be without him um, going forward. Um, and then yeah, but you you know going back to the substitutions, yes, he made that tactical change at sixty minutes, which was nice to see him do that earlier. But the the striking changes, the striker changes, I think you know we left them you know later um, again. Um, I think um, what what was interesting though was the fact that um, when he made those striking changes, we had um, we had uh, Jack Marriott and Ollie Palmer up top with Mullin playing just off them in like a number 10 and I actually thought that for the sort of 12 13 minutes that they were they were playing that I thought Mullin was in the game far more I quite like the look of that and I wonder whether that's something that you know again it's all it's all ifs and ifs and buts you know because I don't envisage he's going to change but um you know that is something I'd like to see us try. I'll be honest with you. I'd like to see us give that a go. But yeah, it, you know, it, it, again, it just carried on, didn't it? It was lots of huffing and puffing. Um, not you know, not really creating anything, anything meaningful. But obviously, you know, we got that get out of jail penalty at the death. Yes, yes, penalty. Yes, definitely. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was just gonna say, um, Steve Cottrell after the game, he said, "Oh, I've watched it a few times, and I and I'm not sure it's a penalty." Well. You need to have a you know open your eyes a bit more because that was a stonewall penalty as you're ever going to see, um, and and you know thankfully Mullin you know put it away. Great penalty as well. I mean, consider, considering he's not been scoring, the, uh, the pressure you know he's right in front of the Wrexham fans. The pressure must have been on him, and you wouldn't you think he knocks them in all day long. It was really really good. Well, he did well to get back on his feet though as well. I was just thinking like it did look a bit horrible at one point. I wasn't sure if you know he. He did well to you know compose himself and take it. Absolutely, it, 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 like I say, it wasn't a pretty challenge at all. Um, but yeah, I think you know he, he spared our blushes a bit there. Um, and I think the story, you know, the story of the game was 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 that very similar to what we said in the Gillingham game. Um, you know, it's just that it's that lack of creativity and that lack of quality and the lack of decision making in the final third, which is hurting us a lot at the minute. Um, you know, again in this game we had five shots on target. From seventy-five percent possession, and it t- that tells its own story. You know, you, you, you can't have that much of the ball and 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 not be testing the keeper more. Um, I think you know we were quite lucky to come away with a point at the end of it. Um, but I don't know. You know, w- will we look back in twelve games time and 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 it be a crucial point? Um, you know, time time will tell, I guess. But uh, yeah, it certainly wasn't pretty. But look, it's. It's it's put the kind of full stop on this very difficult February, which which 
we you know, we said that we we talked about how difficult February was going to be. Done a lot of my away miles in in a short space of time. So you know, um, we 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 need to find 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 that corner now and start turning it. Daz, Wrexham have now lost their advantage of games in hand, but let's have some voices of reason, shall we? Wrexham are only three points off top spot, ten points safely inside the playoffs, best home form in the league. I'm not being a happy clapper. Do fans need to get some perspective here, or do they have a point about being so, or some of them being so vociferous on social media? I think some perspective is needed because you are a newly promoted side. And so no team, I mean, I, I suppose you can argue that there's, you know, none of the 24 teams have a given right to be in the top half or the top three or, or you know, in the playoff places. Um, but when you're a newly promoted team, there's there's no expectation. There's no assumption that that's where you would, it's, it's aspiration. It's where you want to be. And I think that's that's the reality that, first of all, we should be really grateful that they've managed to uh, not be one of these teams that, that struggles in the division above and then ends up at risk going back down. So they've easily exceeded that expectation. The fact is you've managed to improve and you've put some uh, new players into the squad and improved it enough that actually you're competing at the top half. That's even better. I think all 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 the grumbles are probably, if I'm, you know, if, if I was thinking that way, it's because you you were you were flying so high. That's the thing. You were at one point in second, um, only you know potentially first if you take away the gold, you know the um, games in hand and stuff. There's there's been points where you've been arguably you know well ahead, and it's it's just this drop from grace a little bit. That's probably a bit of a worry. I wouldn't grumble about it. I would just. Yeah. I just think it needs addressing, and they, the the team needs to sort of reevaluate. They've shown they can compete with decent amount of teams. I think the other half of the grumble is probably just because of who Forest Green were. If you're gonna compete and 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 hope to achieve and get the promotion and stuff, the the teams in that certainly the bottom two teams have to be on your list of must wins you know the i would say the bottom half of the league are always the teams that you think by default should be the must win but when you're playing away that's that 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 obviously is a leveler but as we said there were warning signs there because you know they managed to beat barrow a couple of weeks before they beat tranmere the match before us you know they they their manager is getting to starting to get them playing together as a team Probably too late to save them, but yeah, maybe. But but I don't know if he is though, because let's be honest, twenty five percent possession of the whole match, right? So you can't you can't win games with just consistently win all the games when you're that low on possession. And they only had two shots on target. So the fact that one was a gift and it was early on in the game, they only really troubled you one more time after that according to the stats um they only had seven shots in total you had 17 you know so i think i think on the balance of play brexham were the dominant team they seem to have more possession more shots um uh, all round it they they win all the stats they win all the stats the only one that they drew on was the goals you know goal scored um so it still suggests that Wrexham competed. It suggested that perhaps Wrexham did deserve a bit more. But um, 
uh, I, I, I've seen, again, I've seen a couple of minutes worth of highlights and it, it's clearly mostly Wrexham. There's some sky, skyward shots, a um, lot of snapping at, you know, opportunities when actually maybe an extra pass would have done it or those shots needed to just be just on target. You know, there's a, plenty of wayward uh, shots um, and the keeper wasn't really horrifically sort of tested in any way. Um, so I, I, th- I think... I, th- I think it's really hard to to um, uh, dissect why the, those particular fans online and stuff are grumbling so badly. Because I do think, let's get some perspective. But I just think who they were and where they are in the league, um, they're the games that you're entitled to believe are the winnable games. And you, clearly disappointment comes through. You, 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 you are spot on. You are spot on, right? The, the, the perspective is 100% needed because... You... You're right. The problem is the fact of the position that we've put ourselves in right at the top there. I think if we'd have muddled through this season and, you know, we'd have we'd have not picked up as many points in the earlier part of the season as we had. And we were, you know, running along in mid table. I don't think there'd be as much uh, fume as as, as what there has been. Um, But I think because exactly like you just said, because we put ourselves in such a lofty position, it feels now like we're letting it slip away, which... I think that's where a lot of the the, the fume is, is is coming from. But slip away, but slip away to where? I mean, you know, you're still in fourth. That's exactly it. The bot the bottom line is, the, you know, the bottom line is is that, um, you know, yes, okay, we're going through a bit of a of, of a tricky, a bit of a difficult spell. But there's twelve games left, seven of them at home, five away. The three teams above us, we've got to play two of them at home. You know. It, it's still there, it, it, yeah. you know. It, we, we're not out of anything, you know. We're, we're still, you know, the, the the title is still achievable. Um, you, you know, it, it's it's. I I've struggled a little bit to to to, to get my head around some of the the kind of um, uh, panic that I've I've seen this week. Yes, it's it's frustrating as hell. It's and it's difficult to watch at times, and it's been hard these last couple of months. You know, watching and and taking some of these performances, but. We are still right there, and and I also think that you know you've had a couple of wins, then it's a draw, defeat, draw. Okay, well you could be worse. You could be Barrow, which is three defeats in a row, and have quickly slipped away from from being in contention. Admittedly, this now has allowed the likes of Crew and and the MK Dons to sort of be more in the mix as well. Now you've given them hope that they've got a chance of getting that third. Um, automatic place so i think that's that's the only risk is that you've given other teams some hope um but i think you're right i think with those particular games against teams above you um you are also uh kingmakers in the make you know in the sense that you your the results against you will decide the, the title if it's not yourselves um you will have a say on who the, the the title winner will be i think well jamie i've done some statistical analysis I've gone back to the last 15 complete seasons in League Two and taken an average of the points and wins of teams that have finished in third place. Wow, homework. Wow. I was going to say, you've had had a busy week then, have you? (laughs) Now, by the averages, Wrexham need 24 wins and a minimum of 82 points to get to the third spot. They currently have 17 wins and 60 points. So 22 points needed and seven wins from the remaining 12 games. Now, I know it's not an exact science, but with that in mind, do you think Wrexham can still do it and get that one of those three automatic promotion places? Yeah, I, th- th- there is th- <clears throat> there there is way too much football still to be played to be to be um, and given the position that we're in, 
to be thinking that we can't still get one of the automatic promotion spots. You know, I've said all along that I'm not, I'm not. Yes, it'd be amazing to 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 win the title, but I'm not bothered about winning the title. You know, scraping in to third place on goal difference, I'd be happy with it. it just getting, you know, getting that one of those automatic promotion spots. But a hundred percent, yeah, yes, all these things we've talked about, and yes, there are issues, and yes, there are things that need addressing. But you know, it it, it will only take something small to happen, something small to change, and this could all turn very quickly you know we've got a big home game coming up on saturday if you know if we can if i think it's you know it's quite important that we that we really try and make a mark in that game and get a positive result for for many reasons but i think you know with everything that's still still to play for so much football still to be played um 100% i i i still think we can we can get an automatic spot yeah for sure what about you, Daz? I mean, you predicted Wrexham to win this league at the start of the year. Do you still think Wrexham can get automatic promotion? Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I mean, like you said, three three points from the top. Uh, admittedly, Mansfield got a game in hand, but uh, that's that's still easily within it. Uh, and a lot will happen over twelve games. Jamie's right, so um, why not? No, I don't. I I see they could potentially. <laughs> Now on the Eat More Chips podcast, it's time for today's newspaper, tomorrow's chip paper, where we look at the news this week around Cymru and Wrexham football. First up, the Football Association of Wales has announced the new Cymru women's manager this week. Ex-Canadian international Rhianne Wilkinson has been signed on a three-year deal, starting the role this week. Born in Canada, but with a Welsh mother, Wilkinson has played her domestic game in North America and Norway over 12 years for teams such as Ottawa Fury, Team Stroman and Portland Thorns. She has also played for the Canadian national side, making 181 appearances and scoring seven goals. She has two Olympic bronze medals and is in the Canada Soccer Hall of Fame. As a manager, she was an assistant at Canada, England and the Great Britain Olympic team. In 2021, she was appointed as head coach of the Portland Thorns and went on to win the 2022 NWSL Championship. Rhian has commented that Wales has been my second team and now first. This is the land of my fathers, as they say. I've always been following Wales. I'm proud to be here. This team has not only incredible talent coming through, but a leadership group bettering players. This is their dream, their ambition, and they've been shaping and changing the game in Wales. And to put them in a position to do that for the country is a very special moment. I hope to be able to steward them there, but this is their rocket and I'm just helping to support them through it. FAW President Steve Williams said, After the growth of the team in recent years, we now look forward to seeing that progress even further, as the team aims to put Wales on the world stage with major tournament qualification for the first time. Priyan takes charge following the 2-0 win this week with her first games in about five weeks' time. Daz, new Wales manager, what are your thoughts? I think it's a really, really good appointment. Um, we talked about it a few weeks ago where um, did we want a female voice? Did we want a Welsh voice? Did we want somebody that had um, you know, that, that level of experience when they announced that they had lots of interest, of international interest. And, you know, I got very excited about the, the idea of somebody with some previous experience at that level. So the fact that we've managed to tick all of those boxes 
is a phenomenal a phenomenal appointment and it doesn't feel like it's tick boxing uh, box ticking whichever the way around it is box ticking um, or tick boxing box tick, I, I mean tick boxing <laughs> you know if it's boxing then she's she's introduced a, a really bad part of the game into into the world system um i i i actually like this appointment because i i do think it's really important that uh that the women's game have more uh, recognition for the women's coaching out there. And I think there's some really good coaches and clearly uh, Rian Wilkinson's one of those, those coaches. So that, I think that's really, really positive so that uh, young girls, women can see themselves in, in these positions in the future. I think that's really important for the development of the women's game. That said, I always said that it's, you can't, you can't underestimate the, you know, Jane Ludlow's impact when having a Welsh uh, manager leading that team it, it, it felt something special so it ha it's quite nice that there's a connection you know the fact that there was time where she lived in you know Cowbridge or whatever and her mum's actually from this part of the world anyway I mean Frian closing the title I know exactly fair play fair play it was as if it was destined but I just think that if you've you want somebody to care and I, I'd like to think that any but manager in significant positions like this care um, but I, 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 I fear sometimes that there are managers who are, they care enough because it's the next step on wherever they want to get to. Um, I feel that, that this feels safe for hands because there's some pull on the heartstrings. And I know sentiment means nothing, but I do think there has a place when it comes to really wanting it to matter and really making a difference. And I just think this will, you know, benefit the team at large. And then and then finally the fact that, you know, somebody who's got international manager managerial experience, um, okay, assistant coaching, but you know, the, the the team called England, I think, you know, not a bad team to have been assisting with. Team GB and then the Canadian national team as well. So I think there's the fact that she's also got so many caps. She's played so many games, you know, in so many games in a relatively um, injury-free career. And, and, you know, to be able to, to appear at more than one Olympic Games, to get more than one medal, um, to have appeared at major tournaments. I think this is all that level of experience we wanted. Um, and so to be able, yeah, to tick all of those boxes and box them well um, is, 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 is all we could ask for. I think it's a great appointment. I mean, I think it's good as well that, that, I mean, when you listen to her, she speaks very, very well. She's very knowledgeable, but very grounded and very sensible. And the fact that her statement there, she talked, she didn't talk about her coming in and changing everything. She basically said, I just want to come in and I want to help what's already there because it's, it's already going there. I just need to help them along. I mean, you've got to like that as a as an attitude towards the team, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was what she said that half time um, in the interviews side um, side of the pitch. And I was I, I liked it when I heard it. I was thinking, you know, that that she's seen a really strong performance. That, I mean, that helps if you know you've just taken on the job. You're sat there and you watch that first half performance that we I mean, against the Republic, and you got to go. I've done all right here. I think I've done. I think I've chosen a really good yeah. job. I've done nothing, and we're winning. Brilliant. Yeah, and but I but but I also think credit to the FAW as well that the appointment was done. It sounds like there was three or four rounds of interviews, so it's not as if this has been a, a, a reactionary. Or it's been a thorough hunt for the right person. But the fact that we were able to get the appointment in place before this friendly meant she was there. She watched it. She was able to meet the team. She was able to talk to press. It 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 sort of 
not that John Gray didn't deserve his moment because he certainly got it. I felt a little bit sorry for him. I really did because you know of 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 all the times where he really deserved to stand and take applaudits on his own with that performance, it was overshadowed by the fact that Rian was there, was announced. Yeah, to begin with, to be before the game, but if you look at the reactions of the players afterwards, they all ran up to him. They all give him the biggest hug. They all recognise that, that that was a brilliant camp of in terms of training, tactics, the you know, the formation, the the, the selection. They all recognise what you had to bring to it. Now, whether or not he stays on long term with Rian Wilkinson, um, you know, Helen Ward, all these players now, all these potential coaching staff that's available, or will she bring in a team of her own? I don't know. That's that's all yet to be decided, as far as I can see. Um, but I, I just like the fact that it was done in good time, friendly was was achieved, and and now that any future games, it's clear where the responsibility is, who's in charge, where that selection process is being done. And thank you, John. I have to admit, that was a great, great um, inter- interim um, stint and has given us all a lot of hope and hopefully showcased to Rian immediately what, what the potential is. Well, as I said in my as I said in my spiel, Daz, people will look at that result and they will suddenly sit up and go, oh, okay, can Rian a pushover? Because to get a result like that against Republic of Ireland at Republic of Ireland, was impressive yeah and with you know and obviously we've got qualification you know there's playoffs for you know there's all there's all sorts of um routes to a major tournament to come now and so all the timing is right for this change if we're going to have this change not that we wanted change but the change has happened and i think we're positioned really really well to not um not miss a trick here i think we've got some opportunities we've got some games to come now and i just think it's all lined up really well fitness allowing you know because there's still a few more games to go in in the regular seasons um so when we've got a full strength squad where we're something else if we lose certain players i'm i'll 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 reserve judgment but it's still yet to be decided where how much depth we've got in all positions but i do know we've got some depth in most of the positions and that's also something that perhaps we haven't had um consistently over the last few years so um yeah uh, rian's got a really good set of players there to make the most of so let's hope she can a really exciting i mean a really exciting prospect jamie obviously Looks a great appointment on paper. Her CV is incredible. And the fact as well that she can relate not just to, obviously, young players seeing that her career and what an incredible career she's had at both managing and playing at international and domestic level, but also she's got that link to the older players like Jess Fishlock. I mean, she's probably played alongside those players, which is amazing. I mean, are you expecting big things from Rianne? Well, she knows Sam Allardyce, is she? Um, <laughs> thankfully. No, no, I, thankfully. No, <laughs> I um yeah do, do you know what I I found it quite a fascinating read once I once I saw the appointment I found it quite a fascinating read reading up a little bit about her because you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and pretend that I I particularly knew who she was or anything about her so I mean the first thing that that struck me was when I looked at you know her career to be capped 181 times for for a country is ridiculous um. That's you know that's a, that's that's impressive, but but for anybody, um, but you know like like you say she she she, like that was saying before you know she she ticks an awful lot of boxes, um, you know got good experience as both as a player and as a coach, 
um, you, you know, as as you know, you know, in in various leagues around the world, which is or in various places around the world, which is great. Um, you know, seems to from when she played, seems seems to be you know, seems to have been quite a no nonsense sort of defender. Um, <clears throat> the the connections to to, to Wales obviously are, are, are great as well. Um, and I, I I think you know like like Dad says, I think it's a great appointment. And 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 like I said before, when we talked about the Island game, and she must have watched that game and and be absolutely buzzing because you know if that's the kind of basis she's got to start working with, then then she can only be you know, absolutely, you know, can't wait to get going because th- th- there was evidence there to to, to st- on show that that um, you know the foundations there of are, are of a good team to build on. So uh, yeah, I think she, you know, I think it's a great appointment, and and I'm sure she will she will do do well and hopefully, you know, kick kick it on for us. And as you said, Daz, I mean, a lot of the play uh, against Ireland was was some, for some fantastic wing play, and of course she is an ex you know, attacking right wing back. I mean, that was her position. I mean, she must have looked at that and thought, yes, that's what I want to say. You know, that must have been great for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She knows how to make the most out of that, uh, you know, and, and hopefully coach that into the team. But I, 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 I'm not going to pretend to know that I, I watched her career um, at Portland winning the championship because that's not the world of football that we follow. But No commitment to this podcast at all, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you not watching the Canadian Women's League? God, Dad. In, 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 in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I should have I seen this coming, boys. Um, yeah, you know, but I don't know what kind of team that she had there. And, but, but, you know, clearly knows how to get the most out of a squad um, because, it, well, within one season, won the championship. So... That that's that's shows to me a, a very talented and capable manager who can coach the best out of the players available to her. Because there's no way she kind of just reinvented the squad in one season. So she must have worked with what she's got. Or I always think with national with international sides, you don't have that luxury of being able to go. You know what I need? I need a, a different kind of right winger. I'll go and get one. You know, you have to work with the with the with the the tools that you have available to you. Um, but I just think, yeah, as we said, we've there's, there's quite the squad there. And I think uh, and the way we've been playing suggests it it'll it'll suit the type of player she was. Well, Cymru women will discover their opponents for the upcoming UEFA Women. Euro 2025 qualifying campaign at 12 noon on Tuesday 5th of March when the draw takes place in Neon, Switzerland. Cymru have been placed in pot one for the League B draw alongside Portugal, Switzerland and Scotland, meaning they won't play against any of these three teams. The league stage runs from April to July with League B containing four groups of four teams. The teams in each league are seeded according to the overall UEFA Nations League phase rankings. Cymru's potential opponents are Bosnia and Herzegovina, Croatia, Hungary, Serbia, Northern Ireland, Slovakia, Ukraine, Azerbaijan, Israel, Kosovo, Malta and Turkey. There's some tough teams there, including Ukraine and Israel, which may mean some of the away ties might be quite difficult. I mean, Cymru are top seeds... Are there any teams in that little group there that you're concerned about? I don't know. That was a long list. I mean, Azerbaijan, <laughs> that's a hell of a long way to go. And obviously they're grouped. So Bosnia, Croatia and Hungary are, gr- are grouped. Uh, and Serbia are grouped in one group. Northern Ireland, that's the toughest group. Then Northern Ireland, Slovakia and Ukraine uh, and uh, Azerbaijan are in the second group. And then Israel, Kosovo, Malta and Turkey are in the third group. That that first group is pretty tough, and you know the, uh, we know from 
recent uh, games uh, against Northern Ireland in the next group. I think you know we we'd like to think that that's that's a winnable game. So that you know, and there's teams like Malta. I can't imagine they are um, Azerbaijan and and countries like that where there are tough places to go. Just because the you know in terms of the travel and the distances involved, and of course Israel is an unknown. Uh, and Ukraine. And Ukraine, sorry, yeah, it's, it's so obviously there's going to be, um, a, a, it's got to be a different setup, some sort of you know nearby venue, but um, no home crowd or something, you know, there's, there's going to be, that's going to be odd. So it's a really tricky one that, but um, yeah, no, I think I think there's no reason we should fear any of them. I think because we've proven ourselves against the likes of of Germany, um, we've you know we've 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 competed well against a Denmark, you know, or a. Uh, we've drawn, you know, against Portugal's and stuff previously with good results. So we know we can play against good teams. Even, you know, United States, 2-0 in their, in their own backyard. That wasn't that wasn't a bad result at the time. We kept saying, you know, what, you know, a former World Cup winner in top form with hopes of doing better in the World Cup. You know, we did OK. So I think we know we can do it. We know we can do it against some of the best teams in the world. So I think there's nobody in that list really we should fear. Um, but yeah, some interesting destinations, shall we say. What's the best outcome, do you think? But Fancy going back to Hungary? It's a few years since we've both been out there. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Northern Ireland, perhaps. Go back to Northern Ireland. Maybe Malta. Malta's a nice place to go in the summer. Uh, yeah, I've been there. Uh, I did a job out there once and it was, I, I literally saw the the airport straight to the venue and back to the airport again. So, you know, it would <laughs> be nice. And it's a tiny see... island, so that's impressive. I know. I know. I literally saw it all from the plane when that looked that that looked nice. Um, <laughs> um, um, so to be able to go back there again and, and give it a bit more time and justice and and and, and a few ales that would be quite good. So um, yeah, no, I, I I mean there's there's loads of places on there. That'd be great. It'd be good. Jamie, obviously we've been speaking about Rianne Wilkinson. She's pretty much now got five weeks. I mean, she'll find out next week who are who the opponents are going to be, and then four weeks after that we play our first match. Not a lot of time for her. I mean, what are you ex- what are you expecting her to do to kind of just f- f- feel her way through or make some major changes? Um, well, like we said before, based on what she saw against Ireland, I think I can't imagine she'd want to make drastic changes because um, uh, you know the the performance was was brilliant. <clears throat> it's, it must be difficult, mustn't it? You know, international manager more more so than than domestic level because you know she's going to get very little time you know you know even you know, like you say although there's going to be several weeks before they get the next game obviously she only get is going to get a very limited amount of time on on the training ground with them um so i, I don't envisage huge sort of mass changes but uh, you know i'm sure if 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 she wants to put her own stamp on elements of of the you know the team or whether that's that's the personnel or, or the style of play then then i'm sure she will look to do that as soon as she can but i i can't imagine it's going to be a drastic change from what we saw against ireland because they played so well Wrexham AFC's under-18 side produced an impressive performance on the road against Bolton Wanderers as they claimed a 5-0 win in the EFL Youth Alliance League Wrexham scored with goals from Alex Moore, Harry Ashfield, Aaron James and two from Mikey Heyman putting Bolton to the sword Wrexham now move up to third in the table, 10 points behind leaders Preston, but with two games in hand. Jamie, another emphatic win over a decent side, four scorers. The academy are really starting to look good, aren't they? Yeah, I think we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? You know, it's, it's exciting. The, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're pulling out some great performances, scoring lots of goals, and, and it's, it's really encouraging. You know, it's really encouraging because 
but like like we say, yes, okay, the, the, these guys may not end up getting near Wrexham's first team, but it's it's certainly um, it's certainly exciting that that there's some some prospects there, and you know you never know there may be you know there may be <clears throat> one or more players in in that team that are you know starting to to to, to make their mark, which may be future stars for 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 you know the first team. So. Um, yeah, long may it continue. You you know, winning winning is a good habit at, at any level or any age, isn't it? So um, the fact they're playing well and scoring lots of goals and winning games can only can only be a good thing. Well, Daz, where an academy is concerned, in general, do you think its role is to provide players for the senior team or to grow talent to sell on and make money for the club? Uh, make money for the club seems very mercenary, doesn't it? But that's how the, 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 you know a lot of clubs function you know that is the one asset they have available to them to make that money um and i don't know enough about the recruitment of your under 18s whether or not they are all local or reasonably local or how far the net goes um but you would like a pretty 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 local so the the aspiration for them is to want to play for their boyhood club and um and that, that you would imagine but if if a team like Manchester City, Liverpool, Man United, or whatever, who are likely to be clubs that they were supporters of, you know, or, you know, their families might have been supporters because of where you are geography wise. Of course, if a big club comes knocking the door, you're going to, they're going to want to go. It's, it's, it'd be foolish for them not to want to be part of, of, of a big, big club in a, in, in the Premier League. So uh, the, the temptation is always going to be there. I'd like to think that Wrexham will want to try and keep hold of many of these local players because I think the, the rhetoric that, that, that the owners have been given, you know, and, and, and the man, the way it's being managed, it does suggest that it's about connecting with the community. Community. And there's no better way um, uh, of having that connection than seeing your own come through, you know. And hearing the crowd saying he's one of your own is just—it's just something really special when you when you've got that at your club. And and so that that would be your optimism. You want a, a ambition, but of course, if you have an absolute gem and there's money to be made, it's the way. It's just—it's just the way it's done, isn't it? It's got to be done. It was announced this week the Good Friday home game of Wrexham versus Mansfield will be shown live on Sky Sports, with kickoff remaining at 3pm. Wrexham last appeared on Sky Sports in August last year for the Carabao Cup game versus Wigan. The game will still be shown on iFollow as normal, as there is no blackout rule for a Friday kickoff. Jamie and Q, Wrexham haters online, moaning about Wrexham being on TV all the time. God, Disney FC always on the bloody telly. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's, no. The thing is, though, it makes I can understand. You know, it may, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, we're getting to the we're getting to the to the to the business end of the season. You can see yourself what's happening at the top of League Two. It's a very close league. It's a very exciting league. You know, they may have picked that game out because they you know they think Mansfield, you know, might might be. Um, you know, getting close to winning a title, they might be there because, you know, it's it's a a game against you know a game between two teams that are hopefully going to be fighting for 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 certainly promotion and hopefully for the title. Um, if it is what it is, I, you know, I think that you you hope as we go as we progress on this journey, you hope we're gonna be in a position where we're we're being selected for more games. Um, I'm just glad that it hasn't affected the. The, the time and you know the the start time of it then it's still going to be the same three o'clock on the on the Good Friday that it was originally 
scheduled for. But yeah, there'll be a load of fume about it, won't there? Um, inevitably, but uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> That familiar sound of Jamie trapping his knob in the till again. Yes, it's the chip shop. And the team are standing by to clog the arteries with deep fried goodies. First into the fryer this week, it's Accrington Stanley. Who are they? <sighs> Resisting the urge to answer with the customary phrase when you say the words Accrington Stanley. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> Wrexham are back at home to take on the Lancashire side in League 2 action. These two sides last met in November, where Accrington ran out 2-0 winners, ending Wrexham's 11-game unbeaten run in the league. Since then, Accrington has struggled at times, currently in 15th place, with 13 wins, 7 draws and 14 losses. Still managed by John Coleman, their last five results, a 2-1 loss away at MK Dons, a 2-0 win at home to AFC Wimbledon, a one all draw away at Colchester United, a 1-0 loss at home to Crawley Town and a 2-1 loss away at Walsall. Jake Bickerstaff was sent to Accrington on loan at the beginning of February and has made some significant appearances over the last month, although he will be playing against Wrexham on Saturday under the terms of the loan agreement. And the chips are done. Jamie, Wrexham back at home, which should be a blessing. What kind of a performance are you expecting to see from Wrexham this weekend? Uh, hope hopefully a better one. Um, you know, I I like we've said in when we summarised the last two games, it's it's not being it's not being great, and we've not, you know, the bottom line is we've not we've not been playing particularly well for a while. But as much as I'm saying that, you know, it, it's more it's now just about getting the getting the wins, getting the points. But I just think it would do everybody. The, the world of good I think it would do everybody the world of good if we could you know come back on Saturday with a bit of a statement performance and and, and hopefully win um you know we've we've made we've made the Kairas a fortress over the last couple of years and and yes okay we've had you know a couple of uh wobbles this year um but I think it you know it, it, it's there isn't it I think it it, it will be it will be um, it will be a statement, I think, for for everyone. It'll do everybody the world of good, I think, if we can put in a in a good performance. Um, you know, like 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 I, I said before, you know, we we've got of our of our of our twelve remaining games, you've got seven of them at home, and I think you know that's what we need to concentrate on more than anything else is those home those home games starting on on Saturday. Um, you know, would I love to see us try a different formation, try something new, something fresh? Yes, of course I would, but I don't think we're going to. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, the most important thing above all else is that, you know, we, we've all got to stick together. Um, you know, you, you, you said bloody happy clappers before, and you can call me happy clapper if you want, but, um, you know, it, us imploding as a fan base and as a club is not is not the answer, you know. Um we 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 all need to do, stick together, you know. We've all got a part to play, and that's that's every you know all of us. Yes, the responsibility is on is on the players and is on the coaching staff because they're the ones that have got to get the job done. But you know we've got a responsibility as well as as fans in the stands. You know we we can make that environment 
uncomfortable for our opposition and we need to do that and not make it uncomfortable for our own players. You know, like we said before, that that it's there, it's still in front of us. You know, we've not lost anything. We we're not, you know, we're not down and out of anything. It's still there for us. We've we've you know we we've got plenty of opportunity to still, um, you know, to 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 still grab it. We've just got to keep keep positive. And I just you know I just hope that everyone that's there on Saturday, you know, is is positive, gets behind the lads, and and you know gets. Play plays a part in 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 trying to get this win, trying to get a win, and trying to get our see you know our season back on on track. Um, we just got to enjoy the ride, you know. We've got to enjoy the ride because you know at least it's in the football league and not in the bloody national league. And I think we've got to try and remember that sometimes. Um, but yeah, I I I don't think it'd be an easy game. But I I am hoping, really hoping for. Um, a response. Daz, Accrington did beat Wrexham 2-0 at their stadium. I mean, could you see an upset here, given Wrexham's current form? Um, upset in the in the sense that you, you, you think that Accrington is, is, is the upset. You mean? Yeah, Accrington, Accrington could get a, a point or, or three points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Because, yeah, because ha- having had a result against you, you know, they, they it is possible, of course. Um, but I, I just think their recent games... Doesn't suggest that they're they're not a team in form either. So they've had what, two defeats recently. You said um, a draw against Colchester and a win. I think their only win was against AFC Wimbledon. That's no, you know, they're no mugs. Um, but uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I think, I think again, the Fortress Kairas needs to sort of play its part. I think it will. I think. Um, as long as the fans don't start getting too quickly on the backs of the players, if it is, doesn't go um, in your favour quickly enough for them, because I, I, you know we've seen that where you know the odd stray pass and then the oohs and the ahs and the disappointments start coming through, and you can see that the teams pick on a pick up on that. So you need a positive Kairas. Um, Really making sure that everything that they do well, they they get credit for, and then g them on if it's you know if something doesn't go well. So I just think it, it, the home crowd has a lot to play because you've got a lot of people there. You can really generate that noise, generate that atmosphere, and I think that should be enough to spur them on. But uh, I you know I think Accrington mid mid table team, so of course they can um, uh, you know compete. Um, but I just think their form is equally you know against them as much as as the fact that you feel you guys feel that yours is a bit off at the moment but you know i i, I, th- I think rex have enough to do it jamie will boyle is back from his two game suspension i mean do you expect to see him in the lineup on saturday god only knows i think trying to predict the starting lineups is is you know you've got more chance of predicting the lottery numbers um i i honestly don't know i i, I don't know i think <clears throat> it's safe to say that um it's safe to say that O'Connell's going to be out um, for for a, a while now, so I'm, I'm going to assume that that'll mean Toes are coming back into the centre. Um, I think I don't think uh, O'Connor is is anywhere near being back yet either. There's no been no mention of that, so I don't envisage seeing him. So it wouldn't surprise me, yeah, if if Boyle is is back on that left hand side. You know, to be fair. He, he he was playing, um, you know, he's playing reasonably well in the in the few games since he's been back from his suspension after getting sent off against Newport, um, and he is a natural left sided 
you know, he's the natural on that left side, isn't he? But um, I, I don't know. It's just going to depend what the fitness situation is. It seems to be so up and down at the minute. Well, the options seem to be, don't they? The options seem to be, like you say, toes are in the centre now. It looks like is a shoe in because of O'Connell being injured. So it's either Turner Cliff on the left with Hayden or Clareworth on the right, on the right, or Hayden on the right and Clareworth on the left because he's done that, or you put Boyle on the left and you've got Tony Cliff or hey, uh, uh, then you've got Clareworth or Hayden on the on the right. I mean, see how confused I'm getting, you know, because there's there are just so many changes. I mean, wh- which one? Because Hayden's been in and Hayden's been out and Tony Cliff's been in and Tony Cliff's been out. I mean, we've we, we've said it before, haven't we? I, I think ultimately, if if Aaron Hayden is fit then, you know, it's hard not to pick him because he he, he offers you so much, both defensively and going forward. Um, and if, if, like I say, if he's fit, then then I'd expect him to play. The the difficulty I've got there is is that if he comes in on the right, does that mean that Clueth drops out because he'll favour a left-side, left-footed player on the left, i.e. Boyle or, or Tunnicliffe. And I think that would be incredibly harsh on, on Max, to be honest, because I think he's he's been brilliant in, in the last couple of months. Um, I, I, honestly, I, honestly don't, I honestly don't know. I think Tozer in the middle is a given, but either side of him, it could either be um, you know Hayden and Clueth on the left. It could be Hayden and uh, Boyle. I, it's all the combinations you've given. I, I honestly couldn't predict it. Um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, if I had to guess, <clears throat> excuse me, if I had to guess, I'd probably say uh, Tozer, Boyle. Um, and I got a funny feeling, he, if Hayden's fit, I got a funny feeling he'll drop Max to the bench because I just think that's the easiest option for him. But I'd, I'd, be, I'd feel a bit feel a bit for Max if, if that's the case. So time for the salt, vinegar and sauce Koch. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Accrington Stanley? And, and you were both absolute dog this week on scores so you need to get some points hang on what uh, what was how did your predictions go uh, i got one right i predicted Gillingham would win so i got a point so i got the score right no you didn't yeah i did it just it was one nil right <laughs> yeah, the sorry, yeah the wrong yeah, way the wrong way he did get so he did he did get the score right he, he did. Got the one score right you're making it sound you're yeah. making it sound far more negative than i see it well yeah but the, 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 you got the score right <laughs> but to the wrong team <sighs> you know through the glass, through the uh, hazy half glass. Glass half full. <laughs> the fog there ridden. Lo- well, there wasn't that many half full glasses in Dublin, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what's your prediction? Right, I am going to I am going to be bold and brash here. Right. I am get in. Go I on, am, go on, son. Go on. I I am I am sending a f- I was nearly swore then. I'm sending a rallying call to everybody that's going on Saturday to, from the start and from the off and throughout, get behind the team, get behind the lads. And I honestly think the lads are going to deliver on Saturday. I think we're going to turn a corner. We're going to put in a statement performance and we're going to, this is going to be the start of us romping forward. So with that in mind, I am going for one all. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. I'm going I'm I'm going for a oh, this is gonna bite me in the arse, I can see it. A four nil Wrexham win. Daz, Whoa. what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Accrington Stanley? Uh 
Well, I mean, if it ends up being 4-0, then he deserves the extra point. Fair play. Um, I am only going to go for a 2-1 win for Wrexham. And I'm predicting Wrexham 3, Accrington Stanley 1. Wrexham have a big performance in them. The last few games have promised a lot, but not quite delivered. They will want to make a statement, and at home is the perfect place to do it. The important thing, as both Jamie and Daz have said, will be the crowd on Saturday, getting behind the team, but it seems to make a massive difference to the performance of the side. So let's drop those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's the New Saints women. Wrexham women meet the New Saints women at the Essity Stadium in Flint on the North Wales coast in the Butte Energy Women's Welsh Cup semi-final kickoff at 10 past 5 p.m. GMT. A neutral venue is required under the rules of competition, and that's why it's being played there. This is the third year that these two sides have met in this competition. 2021, TNS won 3-0. 2022, Wrexham won 2-1. They've also met in the league twice this year, with Wrexham winning 3-1 and 3-2 in both games. Wrexham have knocked out CPD Putleli, Llandidno and Britain Ferry Llan Sawal to reach the semi-finals. The New Saints have beaten Koneski Nomads, CPDM Avelin Heli and, sorry Daz, Aberystwyth Town on penalties. On penalties. Yes, oh. I know. The winners will meet either Cardiff City or Swansea City in the final and that game is played at 2pm GMT on the same day. Last week, the New Saints were knocked out of the semi-final of the Adran Trophy by Swansea City 5-1. And the chips are done. Daz, gotta love a cup game. Both previous meetings have been tight. Expecting the same? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think there's been quite a few goals in 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 these games, and I don't think that will change. Um, I obviously, you know, TNS. This is the trophy. This is a chance for them to win. You know, the significant trophy, having just missed out on the top four. Um, I mean, they, well, there is still um, uh, a vase, or is it like a little rose bowl or something they can get in in the bottom plate. half of the table? Plate. A plate. A plate. Yeah. There we go. There we bit, go. It actually, it looks it actually looks like a um, it actually looks like a, a, a like one of those plastic uh, car wheel covers you get from Halfords. That's what it looks like. Uh, well, I mean, th- there's no truth in that rumor that that's actually what it is. No, no, it isn't. I know that for because I've held it and carried it, and it weighs a ton. It's very okay. heavy. It just looks like an alloy wheel cover from the from the. Thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I, 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 I just think this is their chance to get the major trophy, obviously, but they are going to have to compete, you know, well against a team like Wrexham, and then you know, and then whoever wins this game has then got to compete against Cardiff or Swansea. So it's it's not going to be an easy tie for them to get this through. But I just think Wrexham's um, uh, goal scoring at the big... When, when these two met before, I think, you know, Wrexham were a bit more free-flowing in their goal scoring. Um, obviously, there have been patches now, Wrexham more recently, less. Um, but... I think no. I think it's, it seems to be back to the norm. I think there's, you know, obviously Rosie who's being back and makes a difference. There's have been some great performances in midfield, and 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 it's just I feel that that um, the uh, neutral ground as well will play to Wrexham's favour. I think you you've got a good travelling crowd, um, and 
yeah, I just, I, I, I just think it's, it's a lot to ask of TNS. But like I said, they, they'll be up for it. They really, you know, this really matters. And, and you know, you have to, you know, watch out for the, you know, the minnows who, who have got that something, you know, something to prove and something to aim for because it's a really tricky one. But um, I think Wrexham's, uh, the proof is that they've, they've consistently done it to, up until now, and I don't see that changing this time around. Jamie, Wrexham lost their friendly to Stourbridge 5-1 last week. I mean, do you think that'll affect them or it's just a friendly that doesn't really matter? Um, I don't think so. I, and the only reason I say that is I was reading um, reading some bits and pieces afterwards and uh, I don't know, maybe you know more about it than I do, but there seemed to be a suggestion that it was used as a little bit of a... Um, uh, what's the word? Like a tester game, I think. They tried tried a few different things out, you know, formation and, and positional you know, p- p- positional um, t- trials, if you were. So I think they used it as a bit of a, of a, of a well, a, you know, a friendly, like it was, like it was. But um, I, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, Stourbridge is quite a experienced team as well, aren't they? So I'm not overly bothered about the the result, and and um, I don't think it will have too much of an effect on 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 this game, to be honest. Daz, we said it last week that Silverware can make a season. I mean, will Rexon deem it a failure if they don't get past? TNS. I mean, ignoring the fact that they have to take on someone to Cardiff, if they don't get past TNS in the semis, will they consider that to be a failure? Fail, failure for the season, or you mean just to, just that that, that one within um, that competition within this competition because of because of who Wrexham are. Uh, oh God, no! I think I think no. I think I think you, the team itself has to be absolutely be commended and credited for the fact that they've again it's another team you know going up a division. Um, you you have to accept that there's teams in that division already used to playing, you know, playing each other that level, what have you. There's there's no given right, but we knew they were a good side. We knew they had all the capabilities, and the fact that they've now got into the top half and they are now top three, top four, but you know they ended up third. Um, then the expectation is now any team outside of that top four they should be beating you know that's that that's the difference and tns were in you know are that team so there is an expectation is it going to be failure um i think they'll be really horribly disappointed if they don't beat tns um but a, a good day out cup final it's it's a great occasion um you know it doesn't matter uh, what what level a level you are playing at a, a cup game a cup final is 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 really something special um, you know I'd forgotten how the, how you know because I went to the Aberystwyth cup you know when Aberystwyth was in the the men's cup final um, I don't know six years ago and I really you know it, it it's it's just something really even though we didn't win unfortunately it it is something very special and the crowds are amazing and I and I just think you know for the benefit of cementing their return to or or joining this league and um and their achievements is i don't they're not going to get into europe they're unlikely to win this league so you know to win a cup would be great but just to celebrate that day of the cup final would be a real good finale to what has been a really successful return you know uh, you know ascension to this this division um so no not not failure uh, great opportunity. So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce cork. Daz, what's your score prediction for Wrexham women versus the New Saints women? I am going to go for Wrexham 3, TNS 1. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Wrexham women versus the New Saints women? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, and I ain't deviating from it. So, 3 1 to Wrexham. Good choice. And I'm predicting. <laughs> and I'm predicting Wrexham women 3, the New Saints women 2. 
This game is going to be tense and physical. Both sides know it's their best or only chance of silverware this year and will go all out for the win. Expect a major clash where I think one or two major incidents will decide the outcome. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And we'll be reviewing these matches in next week's pod. I'm curious about your major incidences, by the way. Found it really sinister, that did. Yeah. Uh, what I mean is, I think I think there may be a red card. Oh. Because okay. the last match between them was very, very physical. And I think, with it being a cup semi-final, and with all the passion that goes with it, I think they will be a sending off. Not sure to who, but I think they'll be a sending off. Probably the team from England. Probably. Let's hope so. And so, like the film Mary Poppins, our rating classification has been raised from PG to 18, following the use of seven five three and the phrase useless to describe a well-known footballer. <laughs> and that's not going to sound particularly any good once you beat the hell out of it. They're going to have no idea what you just said. That's going to be Mary Poppins. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> gonna be a, we're going to think there's a fax coming through. <laughs> You've been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast, one of the greatest Welsh supporters flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe and leave a comment. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at TweetMoreChips, threads, search Eat More Chips Podcast, or drop us an email, Podcast or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so, and if you have anything particular you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to drop us a line. Fortunately, my two co-presenters have such a limited vocabulary, we have no fears of them uttering such things as any word more than two syllables only confuses and scares them. So, thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. And thank you, Daz. Goodbye, me governor. You're welcome yourself, pal. <laughs> and as it's Steve Gwildewi, sing it loud and proud as per normal, we finish with our national anthem, My Hain Lad Van Hadai, or Land of My Fathers. And until we meet again... Come on Cymru and come on the town.